TNT Audio Publishing presents The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles by T.L. Dawnstar. Written and read by T.L. Dawnstar. Book 1.0 The Universe Code. Section 4 El Thinica. Chapter 12 The Great Western Desert. Swish, whip, slice, flap. The stinging acidic sand danced and spiraled across the brutal and vast landscape that stretched out as far as Carl Dark Cruiser's one eye could see. The rising wind made his long duster coat go all over the place and sent it flapping about heroically as he stood silhouetted against the blazing light of Elthinica's three and a half suns with the steely determination of a man so close to the end of his quest he could almost taste the sweet tangy relish of a satisfying conclusion on his increasingly dry tongue. In the mid to long distance he caught a glimpse of a rapidly accelerating object trailing behind it an equally rapid trail of dust, jetting across the horizon in a smooth jet trail. Soon, dank old friend. Soon, he whispered to himself for some reason. From his genuine zelkish skin tactical satchel, he retrieved his rented hollow recon goggles, unbuckled the heavy-duty plastic clip, extended the elasticated microfiber band, and fastened the goggles across his head using the adjustable strap to snugly fit the quality product onto his sandblasted face. Through the right, long-distance telehollow lens, he confirmed what he had already suspected. The shiny object was indeed a GX-49Z wave bike. Even from this distance, which Carl couldn't accurately judge because his depth perception was f***ed and the digital readout produced by the goggles appeared only on the left lens display, it was clear that its twin miniaturized biocell propulsion engines had been souped up with cannibalized Uraxian technology, allowing the wave bike to produce speeds so fast that if James Tizar ever heard about them, he might finally succumb to that massive heart attack that his synth sausage riddled body had been somehow avoiding for years. The face of the skilled wave bike rider was covered in dusty wrapping and topped off with a deep red protective wraparound optic visor. Carl struggled to remove the goggles from his massive head for about 30 to 45 seconds. Once this was accomplished, he began to deeply regret not paying the extra four cubits for the deluxe model featuring quick-release docking clamp action. But he'd be damned if he was going to give that dickhead at the Vellum Cluster's only substandard tactical equipment rental establishment, Quest Supplier's Warehouse, a single fib after the hour-long argument they'd had about hidden insurance costs on plasma grenade rentals. They're meant to explode! That's the whole goddamn point of the things, thought Carl, starting to mentally relive the legitimate squabble in his mind. The only thing you can ensure is that you won't be receiving my business again. He nodded to himself smugly, pleased with the searing comeback that had only taken him several solar days since the original encounter to concoct. He was now determined to return to the store as quickly as possible once he'd recovered the ancient alien artifact he was now hot on the heels of. Snapping out of one of his many, almost daily, consumer rights-based revenge fantasies, the dusty spaceboy pulled down the battered bandana from his beardy facehole mouth, and cupped his gloved arm ends hands, around his hairy kisser also mouth. Terry! 
He screamed at the top of his sand-filled lungs in an effort to be heard above the howling winds. A sort of low rumble, mixed with a kind of gimpish squeal, topped off with the sound of a faulty dishwasher spray arm mercilessly smashing against a struggling carburetor, beckoned out of the impenetrable wall of dust as a massive eight-legged donkey-like creature galloped with the gamely dyspraxic shuffle of an uncoordinated two-man pantomime horse team towards the now frantically coughing dark cruiser. The lumbering and lopsided animal reached Carl in a matter of seconds and kneeled down on its four pairs of long, spindly legs to allow its rider to mount up. Nice work, Terry, cooed Carl affectionately as he grabbed hold of the long, leathery skin flaps that emanated from the beast's vertical mouth and served as naturally occurring biological reins. Let's get! He whipped the reins, and Terry's octad extremities kicked into action, pounding the compacted sand with such intensity that the prints left behind by its creepily humanoid feet had melted into small glass pools due to the really hot heat of the creature's hot feet pads. This was one rental Carl did not regret and the extra money he'd spent for the cybernetically enhanced steed was worth every fib, as the distance between him and his quarry closed rapidly. His deep forest green velvet Panama hat was blasted clean off his head by a very nearly deadly phase blaster bolt, sending it flaming in an arcing spiral far behind him. Being the trained battle mount that it was, Terry instinctively began to zigzag across the open expanse as the taut muscles in its sinewy legs flooded with artificial accelerant driving Carl closer and closer to the mysterious rider. Phasebolt zapped, whipped, and pachowed dangerously close to Carl's newly hatless head. But he was gaining ground, and as the wave bite came within range, he pulled hard on the alien stallion's left ear. There was a pleasing ping of recognition, and a hidden compartment hidden in the side of Terry's heavy-duty saddlebags sprung into action. From its deep pocket, Carl produced a 2.5-meter laser lasso that he had originally meant to rent alongside the other supplies, but following the aforementioned plasma grenade incident, he had surreptitiously stowed in the compartment when the below-galactic living wage attendant was distracted by contacting his manager at Carl's belligerent insistence. It was an act of covert genius that rivaled many of his more daring smuggling operations during the Fruit Wars, or that fateful day when he discovered a way to avoid paying for several boiled eggs in the Citadel canteen by concealing them deep within a bowl of thick and creamy soup. Footnote. Soup Pirate, a Carl Dark Cruiser recipe book, is available now at all good service stations. The buzzing lasso cast a white-hot glow which tastefully highlighted the distinguished smattering of grey in Dark Cruiser's impressive yet well-kempt facial beard. The wave-bike rider spun their head around, only to be faced by the lightning-fast whip jutting towards them at high speed. Suddenly, they slammed on the brakes and avoided capture by allowing Terry to zoom ahead past them. Taking advantage of their newly acquired rear position, the rider fired a volley of magnetically propelled localized zero-graf shells from the wave bike's upgraded weapon systems. The plasteel balls reached Terry's feet midway through a sharpish 180-degree turn. The casings ruptured, unleashing multiple zero-g pockets, and the alien beast's many, many feet scrambled to maintain hold onto the sand. It was no good and the gravitational disruption created by the grav shells sent Terry and Carl floating up through the hot and dusty atmosphere of the Great Desert. Carl was thrown by the panicked arachnid and fell hard onto his face into the sand. He quickly rolled away out of range of the grav field to witness Terry, legs flailing and bucking wildly, rising ever higher into the bright sky, its struggling silhouette becoming smaller and smaller 
as the sounds of its distressed wails faded from earshot, leaving only the roaring of the wind and the electronic buzz of the nearby wave bike. Carl lay there for what seemed like ages, staring directly into the three and a half suns, hoping beyond hope that Terry might somehow come back. He felt a single stinging tear trickle down his dehydrated face. There goes that deposit. But there was no time to mourn the faithful steed that Carl, in the 14 standard hours since he had known it, considered his best friend of all time, mostly because it couldn't talk back. He quickly scanned his surroundings with his one good eye, desperately searching for his prey. With visibility clocking in at somewhere between 5% and fuck all, he had no luck in locating the rider. But then through the thick dust cloud, a single beam of bright silver light gleamed silvery through the thick dust cloud. He saw the flash before he heard the bang, and a nanosecond later, he felt the hot bullet tear through his finely oiled and expertly trimmed beard, destroying in an instant months of careful and meticulous cultivation. With the speed and intensity of his fallen comrade Terry, the man with the newly bifurcated beard, Carl, rolled behind the only nearby cover, a rock the size of a small mid-range family hovercar. He reached into his tactical satchel and pulled out a handful of the controversially insured plasma grenades. Squeezing the explosives in his hand and picturing the smug face of the Quest Supplier's warehouse employee, he activated the charging interface on one of the grenades and haphazardly lobbed it in the general direction of the shooter. Poking his head above the rock just long enough to see the bright green energy explosion clear the dust for a second, he at last caught a glimpse of the shapely opponent as they threw themselves into a slick action roll and returned fire by flinging a fan formation of las knives which peppered the front of the rock and stuck out like the spines of a glowing neon hedgehog. Nice shot, idiot, Carl thought as he prepped another grenade. But his smug thought process was interrupted by a sound which was somewhere between a recently refurbished washing machine entering a powerful spin cycle and the satisfying buzz of a newly charged electronic toothbrush. The purple glow of the lasnais intensified, and it became sickeningly clear to Carl that they were ready to explode. He rolled away and dove clear with his head in his hands just in time. The rock splintered in a dazzling bright purple burst of energy, sending thousands of tiny fragments flying about all over the place. The sound of the explosion echoed across the plain. The wind died down, the dust settled, and all was quiet across the great western desert of the planet Elthinica. Carl raised his head to see the barrel of a modified Huntex Core 454T sniper rifle pointed directly at his face its polished chrome alloy shining crisply in the clear sunlight. The weapon wielder tapped the side of their head, and the deep red protective wraparound optic fiber lifted with a well-rehearsed mechanical action. Face it, Dark Cruiser. You're outclassed, said the synthesized voice from behind the dusty wrapping that covered the rider's face. Stand up! I will not have you die on your knees! Nervously, Carl obeyed. He thought about reaching for his holstered phase blaster, but even with his legendary quick draw, there was no scenario that didn't end with a bullet through his brain. He rose with his hands raised and faced his assailant. Lose the holster! The digital vocalization ordered sharply. Carl unbuckled his favorite belt and watched it drop to the ground. His only comforting thought 
as he faced his imminent death was that he wouldn't have to spend the coming weeks teasing out the stubborn sand that was at this very moment already working its way into the many pockets of the handsome darkish blue utility belt. The gun holder spoke once more. And so we come to the end. As a former member of the guild, I shall allow you some parting remarks, if you wish. Carl stared burningly into the bright slit across the cold metal visage of Deborah Dwarfstar, but he said nothing. He let the steely resolve of his single eye do the talking. Very well, then. I've got some for you. Came a familiar voice from behind Deborah as the android assassin's sensors detected a small MN-76 sonic magnum pressed against the back of her titanoid skull. Drop it, bitch. Come now, Felicity. Is there any way to torture your mother? The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles is a production of Dawnstar Audio, written and read by T.L. Dawnstar. Carl Dark Cruiser was played by T.L. Dawnstar. Deborah Dwarfstar was played by Emma Smith. And Felicity Phobos was played by Theodora C. Sinclair. Get in touch via electronic mail using the address tldawnstar at gmail.com or via Twitter at TL underscore Dawnstar. Next chapter, Just Deserts.